the food is a representation of the food that I ate growing up with my little twist and spin on a few things. Uh, and the name Minnie Bells is a combination of my great aunt, her name is Minnie, and my grandmother's name was Lily Bell. It's, it's a way of me taking them on this journey with me because they were so um, influential and influencing my passion in the kitchen. That was restaurant owner Fernay McPherson. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week on this podcast, you'll hear from business owners, photographers, bartenders, and other San Franciscans telling stories and responding to the question, what is it about this place? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 14. Fernay was born and raised in the Fillmore. She'd been cooking all of her life, but once she got involved with La Cocina, her journey, as she calls it, really took off. In this podcast, Fernay reflects on her childhood in the Fillmore in the 80s and 90s. Her family provided inspiration for her cooking back then. She went to culinary school, ran a food truck, and started catering. She also got involved with La Cocina, whose mission is to cultivate low-income food entrepreneurs as they formalize and grow their businesses. Last March, Fernay opened her first brick-and-mortar spot at Public Market Emeryville, where we recorded this podcast. Here's Fernay. Born and raised in San Francisco, in the Fillmore District of San Francisco. So, And I currently still live there. I've moved away, but I went back about 10 years ago uh, to the same neighborhood that I grew up in. So, uh, Can you give us like a cross street so we can um, visualize? I was born and raised on McAllister Street um, and right across the street from the L.A. Hill Hudge Community Center. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. What era... What like decades? So, did you grow um, up? I 80s and 90s. Got uh, it. You know, my young adult, teenage slash young adult was more of the 90s, and my childhood was more of the 80s. And you know, back then it was a predominantly African American neighborhood, um, rich in African American businesses. Not as much as it was though in the 60s. Sure. You know, when it before you know redevelopment came in and things like that. But it was still a presence, you know, in the Fillmore when I was a kid. I always say, like, you know, it it has changed and it's like bittersweet for me because um, while the crime is not as much, you know, that love that was there as a community is no longer there. Right. So did your parents um, like were they there in the 60s? Yes. Yes. My parents, my dad is also a San Francisco native. And he was also raised in the Fillmore all of his life. My mother migrated from Texas um, when she was in, I think, like elementary school or something. Where in Texas? I'm from there. Uh, Port Arthur, Texas. Okay, down on the coast. Yes. Yeah, got yes. it. So she came on the bus uh, with fried chicken and pound cake. As her <laughs> Damn, I want her to be my mom. Right. <laughs> that sounds awesome. So, so did your dad, growing up, did your dad talk about the neighborhood much Oh, with you? Yeah, yeah, my dad, I mean, still, you know, he yeah. talks about the neighborhood. He, um, he just knows, like, so everything, like, what everything used to be. And, you know, um, I went to eat at Nopa not too long ago, and I wanted a ride, so I didn't have to call Lyft. And I was like, yeah. Dad, can you drop me off? And so he dropped me off, and as he was dropping me off, he was like, oh, you're going to the old wash house. And I'm like... That's right. It was a wash house, right? Like this hottest new restaurant. 
uh, used to be a laundromat, but mm-hmm. that's just real common with my dad. Like when right. we're out in the city, you know, he talks about, okay, this used to be this and that used to be that. He actually came and did an interview with me before to talk about his San Francisco because I feel like his San Francisco is really different than mine just because he's been there all his life, yeah. you know, and I grew up as the community, you know, was was on the path of changing. So. Right. So growing up, you were kind of, not, not only were you immersed in Fillmore culture, but you had that legacy of, like you said, your dad was also born and raised. Yeah, my um, dad, you know, um, my aunt Minnie, who was, you know, named my, I've named the business after, um, and my grandmother, you know, my grandmother is not here, but my aunt is still here. And she can talk about even more, you know. It's like we have these three generations that she's another talk native? about their yeah. Oh wow. No, so oh. she is but she came like when she was I mean pretty much she's been here all her life. She yeah. came she was maybe about seven, you mm-hmm. know. Um my great grandfather um ended up here in San Francisco during the war mm-hmm. and uh the family came after him and they came from Texas from I always get her Texas mixed up, but I think it was Amarillo. Oh, yeah. I've lived there. Yeah. My dad's from there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So they came from uh, that part of Texas. And like I said, we have three generations that have their own, you know, their own film more. (laughs) Yeah. Love it. I noticed that I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I noticed that you guys' shirts say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, like the the point of me doing that was because I feel like the concept was born there. You know, the concept was born there before I even realized the concept. And also my food truck, um, I started with a food truck and the food truck was in the Fillmore. Um, It was in Hayes Valley. We don't have it anymore, but when we launched, we launched in the Fillmore. Yeah. Hayes Valley doesn't have Hayes Valley anymore. Yeah, you know Hayes Valley is mean? very different. <laughs> um, so, uh, so can we talk a little bit about how you got involved with La Cocina and if if you had any um, history of cooking or, or you know even if it was just like at home, just mess around. Walk us through that. Yeah, the passion um, was always there for me. Um, I started cooking with my family at a young age, you know, helping with family dinners and things like that. Um, and then about 2009, I was laid off from my job. Uh, it relocated to Southern California. So I took that opportunity to go to culinary school and start to follow my passion um, mm-hmm. of cooking. And I lived in Sacramento back then. And then I came back up to San Francisco in 2011. And um, Were you I, going to culinary school in Sacramento? In or? Sacramento. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then when I came back up to San Francisco... I connected with an organization called Urban Solutions, which is closed now, and they were offering this program for people who wanted to start a food truck, and La Cocina was partnered with that program along with the city of San Francisco. So that's how I got affiliated with La Cocina, and from that, they um, bought me into the La Cocina program, and that's when we worked towards launching the food truck. Yeah, because La Cocina, can you talk about their program? Yeah, so La Cocina is a nonprofit incubator program that helps immigrant and minority women formalize their food businesses. There have been a few men in the program as well, um, but they just bring you into the program and just pretty, it's, it's almost like a baby where you learn every step of, that, of how to operate a business because most people go 
you know, into the program because they love to cook. You know, right. they have a background with cooking, whether they went to culinary school or just cooked out of their homes. Um, so the business side, you don't really know. Right. You know, that it's a whole nother beast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. they kind of well, it's uh, with, it's with like uh, cooking is an art. And mm-hmm. business is a science. Those are two exactly. different parts. Exactly. So it's right. combined. They help with combining those two. Yeah. You know. And um, do you get that in culinary schools or sometimes maybe the business side or? In culinary school, the business is for me. Yeah. Because I went through like an eight, nine month program and it was just like maybe a couple of courses, classes, like so maybe a couple of days where we went through like recipe development. But that's about it. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't help with like financials and business plans and mm-hmm. you know things like that branding and location which location, i want to talk yeah, about by the way yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> how long were you with la cocina or how long were you with their program uh, i started la cocina in 2011 okay so, and, and i just graduated the program when i came here last year and we're all, it's almost a year for us here uh in march march 19th to be exact <laughs> it'll oh. be a year that we've been here in this location um, so that's when I graduated the program. But in graduating, like La Cucina is with you for as long as you want them to be. Right. You know, beyond graduation. We actually just, I actually just came back from New Orleans um, with Caleb. We went to some food symposiums out there. Mm. So the support is continuous. Nice. Like, they don't, they don't leave you. Yeah. It's not like you just, you graduate it's and you're It's a gone. lifetime relationship. Yeah. <laughs> No, but that's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's like it's uh, getting people to a certain line and then just bailing on them. It's like, well, then what was it all about? Yeah, we're going to keep supporting you. And and they absolutely do. Was it always your intent when you started with them? Was it always your intent to open your own place? Or I guess before before you got involved with them? You know, I I always tell people I did not foresee this journey. I, I absolutely did not. I knew that I wanted to cook. You know, I did know that, but I didn't I didn't foresee where I was going to be in this industry. And I think La Cucina helped with me really recognizing, okay, what my journey is in this food business and um, how important my story is. Because that was one thing I had never thought about. Like, yeah, you're just living my your story. life. Right. Yeah. I'm just cooking and people are going to buy my food and they're going to eat it. Like, you know, yeah. so I didn't think, okay, people want to hear your story. And um, that was one thing that La Cucina helped with building within me to be able to share my story because I didn't know how to do that either, you know. And one of the events that really helped me was the Voices from the Kitchen. So Voices from the Kitchen is um, a series of stories of people who are somehow affiliated with the food industry and maybe not um, depending on the theme of the night, but you just come in and um, share your story around whatever that theme is um on stage live audience um it's really dope <laughs> it, it's really dope i would just say definitely if you have a chance check it out yeah it sounds cool where do they usually do it the north um, theater i think it has visited? been at the swedish american hall right and then also i want to say the last one was also it was one here one in san francisco at the swedish american hall and then in san jose Okay. So they expanded the uh, series a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said when you had your truck, it was a Mini Bell's truck? It was a Mini Bell's truck. It is was a trailer. S- is that how you started with your business? Yes. Okay. With the tra- well, I started with catering. Like, oh, got it. 
if we go pre-Lacocina, I started with uh, cooking out of my kitchen, just selling plates in the neighborhood. Nice. And then when I went over to Lacocina, I started to get more into the catering and catering for, you know, bigger businesses, bigger companies, opposed to small local things. Um, and then after about a year or two in is when I launched the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and you had that in San Francisco? That was in San Francisco. It was at Hayes Valley, and then we were in our off-the-grid rotation every other week at uh, Fifth and Mena in Civic Center. Oh, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So why did you go from food truck to brick well, and I, mortar, I guess this is what they yeah, call it, Yeah, brick and right? mortar. Yeah. Eventually, I knew, like, after being in the food truck and doing corporate and special event catering, I knew that I wanted to have, you know, a brick and mortar. But this space came because it is um, affiliated with La Cocina as well. They designated this as a La Cocina pop-up. So I'm the second business to come into this space. Niambai was the first, um, and now she's in her brick and mortar in Fruitvale. Nice. And now I'm working to negotiate to stay here oh. um, in the market, but in a permanent location in the main corridor. And then this will stay as a local scene pop up. Got it. All, so. Does it matter to you at all that your that your restaurant is not in San Francisco? Well, like I said, I've, I've been a part of La Cocina for two thousand since two thousand and eleven, mm-hmm. and some businesses did come in before me and graduate into a come in after me and graduate into a brick and mortar space. But our journey and our goal was so so hard in getting me, you know, into a space in San Francisco that just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it it just didn't happen. We really worked hard to get in the Fillmore, but it didn't happen. So. This was an opportunity to come into a space, you know, develop a following, introduce more people to my food outside of catering because I wasn't doing the truck anymore. Right. Um, outside of catering and special events. And it has been it's been great, you know, even though it's not ideally where I would want my brick and mortar. But just because I'm here, it doesn't stop my my grind, you know, to get in the city. So. You know, we're still working towards that, but I'm glad that I did take this opportunity because it's been great. You know, we've developed a new following, a bigger following, and people have learned about many bells. What do you foresee for maybe the next five years or so? Um, Three years, whatever. Yeah, I, I, you know, this brand, I, I definitely want to expand into multiple locations, you know, not just in Emeryville, not just in San Francisco, but even beyond that. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, I'm working, you know, with some people and hopefully we can, you know, make my dream of being in San Francisco a reality at some point, you know, whether it's this Mini Bells brand or a different concept. But, right. you know, because I, I do, I would love to have a breakfast lunch joint um, as well. So. Yeah. You Depending get, on where, you, if you get if it gets in the film, where you could call it coming home, right? <laughs> coming home cafe. <laughs> no, it just makes so much sense to me. I I understand there are economic challenges to it, but it just just makes so much sense to me to have someone of the neighborhood, right? In the come neighborhood, back and, and, you know. and that's been the the sad part about just the neighborhood in general, because like thirteen hundred was the last African American business on Fillmore to close and now it's like non-existent so which is mind-boggling yeah but it's the reality do you like living over there still 
I, I do. I like. I hate all the traffic that's <laughs> that's now there. <laughs> yeah. And it's nowhere to park, and the parking tickets no. But I, I love being in my community. Like yeah. I love. I live like the build next building over. My parents are there. Um, they're still in the my childhood home. Oh, nice. So yeah, I, I I still love being in the community. I still love being able to say, you know, we're still here. You know, because that's not the case for everyone. What about how do you feel about the rest of San Francisco now, kind of versus? what it was for you growing up I think it's just evolving in something different you know I think it's um something that just happens you know um like I said my my Fillmore was different than my dad's and my dad's was different than my auntie so it's just something that happens and um we just have to make I want to make sure that in as it evolves that I have a presence there I have a presence of something that was there and will remain to be there. That was restaurant owner Fernay McPherson. Check back next week when we'll hear stories from SF houseboat resident Sarah Davis. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on everything we do. All past episodes are up on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If that happens to be Apple Podcasts and you have a minute to spare, please rate and review the show for us. Send comments or suggestions to storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.